This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie and helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. More firearm regulations will not prevent shootings. That's what we're going to talk about on the show today. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. Glad to have you with us today. That's what we're going to talk about on the show today, how firearm regulations alone are not going to prevent shootings. And they're especially not going to prevent mass shootings. Uh, That's what we're going to talk about on the show. Glad to have you with us. AFR.net is our website, AFR.net. .net is our website. You can go there and listen to this show, listen to Exposing Washington, and you can listen to every other show that you hear on American Family Radio. So if for whatever reason you don't uh, live within or, or commute within uh, uh, the reach of our FM radio stations, then you can always download the app, AFR, download the AFR app, and you can listen to American Family Radio wherever you are so long as you have an internet connection. And uh, also on that app, you can catch podcasts. So if you're, you're, uh, you're late, you're busy, for whatever reason you miss the show, you can always go back, listen to the show at your convenience. So various good things going on with the American Family Radio app and our website. Of course, I'm on YouTube. You can watch the show on YouTube. Just type in Exposing Washington on YouTube. And lastly, I'm on Twitter. Just type in at Walker. Wildman on Twitter. You can find me there. So we're going to talk about whether firearm regulations will prevent mass shootings or even shootings altogether. We're going to talk about that today, and we're going to really get into depth in this, talk about the statistics, what the numbers show, talk about reality, what the truth is. Uh, because if you if you listen to really several people, if you listen to the media, to the to the main networks, If you listen to Democrats, even if you listen to some Republicans in Washington, D.C., you will hear uh, rhetoric and talking points about how if Washington passes more laws, more regulations, that we can end this scourge of gun violence. We can end what they call gun violence, which are shootings done by humans. And especially this ramps up after we have a shooting. We had one in El Paso a few weeks ago. There was one in Odessa. There was one in Dayton, Ohio a month ago. It seems like every month there's a shooting where three, four, ten people die and it's a tragedy and I think the vast majority of people discussing these situations these tragedies they they really are looking for some kind of solution that doesn't mean that they're they're headed to the right place to find a solution 
But I would say, I think it's fair to say, most, not all, most people debating these issues probably genuinely would like to see the shooting stop. But I think there's others who are just looking for another opportunity for the government to step in and take control of another uh, area of American life. And I think that's the case, uh, at least on, on certain occasions. Jumping right into this discussion, there are various proposals that the Democrats and some Republicans, I need to add, some proposals that politicians in Washington are putting forth, and I'm just going to name a few here. I'm going to name about six, five or six proposals that politicians in Washington, D.C. are putting forth that they say will stop shootings. Outlawing high-capacity magazines. That's very subjective. What's the definition of high-capacity magazines? Well, it depends on who you ask. Some say 15 rounds is a high-capacity magazine. Some say 30 rounds. Some say you should only uh, have, have one round. So that's a very subjective proposal. That's one thing they want to do, outlaw high, in quotes, high-capacity magazines. They also, uh, some politicians would like to outlaw semi-automatic rifles. Any gun that goes pow, 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 they would like to outlaw, which would only leave on the market single-action uh, rifles, whether it be a bolt-action rifle or a simple single-shot rifle. That's what uh, all the Democrats would like to leave in, in, on the market. They also would like to implement, and they've done this across the country in various states. We talked about it a few weeks ago on the show. They would like to implement these red flag laws. What are red flag laws? Well, red flag laws are where your neighbor, your ex-boyfriend, your co-worker, whoever, can, put it, can file a police report and say that you are crazy, you are mentally unstable, or whatever they want to say, and then police can take that to court privately, secretly, without your knowledge, and get a court order to remove your firearms from your home, from your possession. That's what red flag laws do. Lastly, there's more, but this is what I'm going to end on. Democrats would like to, to implement a mandatory gun confiscation program. Oh, Walker, you got to be kidding me. There's no way they'll do that. That's what they want to do, folks. And you say, well, I've never heard of that. Well, you heard about it now. And here's what they label it as. A mandatory buyback program. Well, doesn't that sound so good? They're just going to buy your guns back. They're going to give you good money for your guns. It's not... It's, it's mandatory gun confiscation, and you get some kind of tax credit for it. At best, you might get a little cash for it. But nonetheless, no matter what the incentive, it is a mandatory gun confiscation program. And you can't accurately say it's a buyback program because the government never owned the firearms in the first place. You can't buy back something you never owned. So, when you hear the left-wing media 
and the socialist running for the Democrat Party nomination, when you hear them say, I want to do a mandatory buyback program, that's a mandatory gun confiscation program. That's exactly what it would look like. Now, that's illegal. Obviously, we have something called the Second Amendment, but the Democrats have said they'll do whatever they can. They'll do whatever legally permissible to uh, uh, to Im- impede on your Second Amendment rights. Some of these ideas that I just mentioned, there may be like a portion of them that could actually do some good. Maybe. But the vast majority of the regulations I just talked about would absolutely do nothing to stop shootings. And they for sure would do nothing to stop quote, mass shootings. The first problem I want to point out here before I play a few clips here in a few minutes is that we all have to agree that humans are the problem. We all have to agree that humans are the problem. Our sin fallen nature is the core issue here. The inanimate objects, the guns, are not the problem because people use all kinds of inanimate objects to inflict harm on others. They use vehicles, they use knives, they use bats, they use gasoline, they use all kinds of stuff. You can use all kinds of stuff to hurt people if you are bent on inflicting harm. So the first thing we have to recognize is that humans are the core problem here. We are the the contributing factor, the driving factor in shootings. That being said, laws are important. Laws can serve a legitimate purpose in protecting the public. But we already have laws in place that are aimed at protecting the public and preventing shootings. First, and most basic, we have laws right now that outlaw murder, and that includes shootings. That's the most fundamental law and regulation in place to protect the public. Thou shalt not kill. It's in the Ten Commandments. I want to play clip two here, and this is Senator Ted Cruz talking about how we have all these background check systems in place, but the Department of Justice doesn't prosecute people who abuse the system. This is cl- clip, uh, clip two, Senator Ted Cruz. A lot of discussion of gun shows. Fewer than 1% of the guns used in crimes come from gun shows. That's not where the criminals are getting their guns. And if you actually want to stop violent crime, let, let's take the Sutherland Spring shooter. His not being prosecuted, now there, his conviction was in the database, so they didn't flag it. But if it had been in the database, he wouldn't have been prosecuted. That's not an exception. I'll give you stats from 2010, just because I happen to know that year. 2010, there were 48,000 felons and fugitives who tried to illegally buy a firearm. That's a lot of felons, a lot of fugitives going in and trying to buy a firearm against the law. The Department of Justice prosecuted 44 of them. 44 out of 48,000. I've had hearings where police chiefs have yelled at me and said, I don't have time for paperwork offenses. There you have it. That's Senator Ted Cruz talking about whether passing, quote, universal background laws 
would prevent shootings. And I'm not even going to use, I'm, I'm going to stop using the term, quote, mass shootings. That's, that's another thing, very subjective. Why does it matter if 10 people die or one person dies? Either way, it's a shooting and it should be prevented. And the laws will have the same effect across the board whether a person is intent, intent on killing one person or 50 people. The law should have the same effect, the same purpose, and that is to stop shootings. But Senator Ted Cruz there just noted a very important fact dating back even to 2010, and that is that over 40,000 in 2010 over 40,000 felons tried to illegally purchase a firearm. And guess how many of those were prosecuted? That's what Senator Ted Cruz said. Only 40-something. Only 40-something of those individuals or those criminals of those felons were prosecuted by the Department of Justice for trying to purchase a firearm while being a convicted felon, which that in and of itself is a felony. And so the problem here is not that we don't have enough laws, we don't have enough regulations. The problem here is that we're not enforcing them. And isn't that the case the vast majority of the time? We have an FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and they're not the only ones. This, is, this happens in police departments across the country where they're spending countless hours investigating the fake Russia hoax, which we'll talk about later in the show. They're, they're investigating these fake Russia uh, allegations for three years meanwhile felons are trying to buy guns and they're not prosecuting them and I could give you case after case where the FBI devotes its resources to these 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 wasteful things to be to be generous meanwhile they're not prosecuting the most fundamental of crimes trying to purchase a firearm as a felon. Remember the FBI devoted like, I don't know how many agents to the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. They needed to do another full review of the Kavanaugh, of the Kavanaugh case. Brett Kavanaugh's background check. They had to run a, a second background check as if one wasn't enough. Why don't those FBI agents go investigate the felons trying to buy firearms? And so the problem here, the first fundamental problem, is that we have good laws in place. They're just not being enforced. The other proposal by the Democrats is these red flag laws. And we've talked about this before, but the red flag, flag laws, they're fundamentally in conflict, not only with the Second Amendment, but they're in conflict with due process. Because here's what happens on these red flag cases. Like I said earlier, your ex-boyfriend, your cousin, your co-worker, whoever, they call the police 
they file a court order saying you're crazy. The police law enforcement holds a secret hearing with a judge without you present to defend yourself and they call you crazy. (laughs) Then they come take your guns. How is that due process? It's absolutely not due process. And that's that's the fundamental flaw with red flag laws. The last point I would like to say on this before I fl- play one more clip is that we can't give these folks an inch because they'll take them out. So not only will more laws not work, but if you allow more regulation, the Democrats are going to do more regulation. And before you know it, there will be no more Second Amendment. And if you think I'm exaggerating, listen to this. This is clip one. Congressman Jerry Nadler says they're going to pass so-called assault weapon bans. Coming up, let's listen. Well, we're going to have a hearing on uh, banning assault weapons on sept- in two weeks on September 25th, and we may very well pass that again. Buybacks aren't you another- running out of time, sir? No, I don't think we're running out of time. There aren't that many days between now and... I don't know. We we have time to do what we have to do. Uh, Again, we voted and the House voted for the the, uh, uh, universal background checks legislation back in February. And that's been sitting in the do-nothing Republican Senate uh, since then. We reported three bills yesterday. uh, as I mentioned, and that will be voted by the House probably next week. And on September 25th, in two weeks, we will have uh, a hearing on the uh, uh, assault weapons ban. And one of the bills we, we reported yesterday was to ban uh, the sale uh, of uh, high-capacity high, uh, magazines, which by all testimony is what makes these mass shootings much worse. So we're, we're doing that. Uh, buybacks uh, may go a little further than... than uh, uh, people are willing to go, uh, mandatory buybacks, but certainly uh, uh, assault weapons ban, we, we will consider, and I assume we will vote for it. Well, there you have it. Jerry Nadler starts off that clip saying, we're going to pass assault weapons ban in the House of Representatives here in the coming weeks. Then he ends the clip saying that, well, I just think the mandatory background check just goes a little bit too far. You think? As I said, the mandatory buyback program is a mandatory gun confiscation program. It's flat out illegal on its face to force a U.S. citizen, a law-abiding, good-standing U.S. citizen to hand over his gun to the government. That's in direct conflict with the Second Amendment. I don't care whether he gets a little tax credit or $100 for his gun. That's flat-out illegal. That's flat-out illegal. The last thing I want to say on this is that I've talked to various law enforcement people who work in law enforcement, whether it be on a local level, state level, or federal level. I've talked to at least one FBI agent, and here's what the common theme is. We're too busy. There's too many cases to handle. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough resources. And this goes, this is the same way with prosecutors. I've talked to U.S. attorneys. I've talked to district attorneys. I've talked to former prosecutors. And here's the common theme amongst them. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough resources. 
There's too many cases. We're overburdened with cases. We have to prioritize the, the, the cases on who we're going to prosecute, which means, means some criminals don't get prosecuted. And so there's, there's this common theme that I just said across all of law enforcement, whether it be at the investigative level or in the enforcement level or at the prosecutorial level. And that all being said, the government is doing nothing to give these law enforcement agencies and these prosecutorial agencies more resources. Here's what I'm in favor of yesterday that should be done immediately. I'm in favor of hiring more FBI agents, more uh, prosecutors, and more judges with my tax dollars. I'm 100% in favor of that. Here's why. If we do that, if we hire more detectives, more law enforcement officials, more prosecutors, more district attorneys, more U.S. attorneys, and we hire more judges, then we can start prosecuting the over 40,000 felons who try to purchase a gun every year. We can prosecute every last one of them. That would be the first step in getting this uh, this uh, issue of guns getting in the wrong in the hands of the wrong people. That would be the first step, the first lawful Second Amendment honoring step to take to start uh, putting a curb in people using firearms to inflict harm. Moving on to the the Russia hoax that I mentioned a few minutes ago about how the FBI wasted their time on the Russia hoax. NBC is still wasting their time on the Russia hoax. Folks, this is laughable. This is a this is a circus. This is a clown show. This is unbelievable. That we're three and a half years past this fake Russia hoax beginning, where over six months after the investigation ended, and there was no harm done by the Trump administration. And NBC is still talking about whether Russia changed the ballot boxes in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. Clip three. Let's listen. When you look at the 2016 election and you look at it, how, relatively speaking, it was decided by a handful of, of votes in a few states, do you think it's possible that the Russia's election interference actually worked? It actually elected Donald Trump I, over Hillary I don't Clinton? think there is any evidence of that. And, you know, I really don't think that that's a good conversation to have. Mm. I, I think that really does devalue the people in Wisconsin and Michigan and others who decided to vote for President Trump. But whether you like this president or not, whether you believe uh, that he should have been president or not, um, let's, let's give the credit to the Americans who went out and voted for somebody who they thought would bring change. And the question is, um, are we going to be responsive to some of the messages that were out there and do you hear me now? People who felt that they were disadvantaged by globalization, the unemployed coal miner in West Virginia, the opioid addicted person in Pennsylvania. Are we going to be responsive to those people? That's really the question we should be asking. Well, there you have it. NBC there, the morning news show. Ask Condoleezza Rice if uh, if Russia was effective at changing the ballot boxes in the election of 2016. And, of course, she answers correctly. She says, no, 
This is a distraction. We shouldn't even be talking about this. That's ridiculous. So kudos to Rice, Condoleezza Rice, uh, for saying that, for responding that way. But NBC and these fake news outlets that President Trump calls them, and they truly are that, they push fake propaganda. I talked about this last week. They, here's what they're doing, folks. And, and, and I also talked about this before. Here's what they're doing. They are pushing what they know is false, and that is this whole idea that President Trump colluded with the Russians. We all That's an established falsehood. Everyone knows it. That story's fake. Everyone's realized that, even the mainstream media. They all got it wrong. Our FBI spent, wasted four years, millions of dollars of our taxpayer dollars investigating a hoax. They all knew it. The FBI knew it from the get-go. They all knew it was a hoax, and they still wasted our money. In my opinion, that's illegal to continue to knowingly continue an investigation when you know from the onset there's no crime. That in of itself should be criminal. But the media and the Democrats and the Clinton allies, they're pushing this. Why? Because they're actually the ones guilty of collusion. And if you don't know what I'm talking about here, let's do a little flashback. And let me remind you of the Clinton Foundation, while she was Secretary of State, receiving millions in donations from Russian oligarchs and Russian assets. The Clinton Foundation run by Bill Clinton, the husband of the then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, is receiving millions of dollars from Russians. Bill Clinton is doing a half a million dollar speaking engagement. All this money's flowing into the Clinton Foundation from Russian government officials. And nothing's done about it. Nothing's done about it. No one is charged. No one is held accountable. That's where the collusion is. The other collusion goes back to this Joe Biden and Hunter Biden China story. Where when when Joe Biden was vice president, he and his son flew over to China, meet with various businessmen and government officials. They come back and a couple weeks later, Hunter Biden, his firm, his company does a multi-million dollar, and I actually believe it was over a billion dollars, but I may be wrong on that, but at a minimum... It was a multi-million dollar business deal with Chinese companies. And Chinese companies tied directly to the Chinese government. That's Hunter Biden, the son of Joe Biden. So if you want to talk about collusion, if the FBI wants to investigate something, they can go look at Hunter Biden and they can look at the Clinton Foundation. Thanks for tuning in to Exposing Washington on American Family Radio Network. AFR.net is our website. You can catch out, uh, find out more about the show there. We'll be back next week, next Saturday, a week from today, with more of Exposing Washington.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.